So welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Gen Ed. In this episode, we're very excited to have Tori Kinley, and she actually is an entrepreneur herself. She just started her own business that is for aspiring entrepreneurs, um, if you will. She actually went uh, viral overnight on TikTok with this 5 a.m. wake-up challenge, and she has her own podcast, Tori Talks, which is an amazing podcast. You should definitely go listen to it. So, Tori, would you like to tell me a little bit about yourself, how you got to where you are today? Sure. A little bit of background about me. Uh, I went to Florida State for my undergrad. I majored in interdisciplinary social science. Uh, it's a mouthful. I had concentrations in political science, marketing, social entrepreneurship, and social psychology. Um, so I did a little bit of everything. I graduated. I knew absolutely no, I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. Um, so I took a year off um, planning to go to grad school. And then I ended up just learning a lot of things through reading and my own self-development, and I found a passion for social psychology and behavioral marketing. So I planned on doing a PhD in that, and then COVID hit. I didn't quite get the GRE scores that I wanted. So then um, I kind of had a crossroads of, do I put my all into a business or do I take another year off to continue studying for the GRE? And I decided to go for the business. So at the time I was at a corporate job just doing part-time, um, but I had to come to the decision of, do I do a nine to five or do I go and live my dream of being an entrepreneur? I quit my job and then two days later I went viral on TikTok. And now here we are um, living my best life, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, terrifying to to take that step to leave your corporate job to become an entrepreneur right like that's a notoriously scary step and very risky step but at the same time you were also on tiktok were you intending to become like a tiktok creator um bit of an influencer or were you doing it kind of just for fun planning on focusing on your business and then that also just kind of Blew up. Uh, so for that first question of did I plan on becoming an influencer? Absolutely not. So I actually was a micro influencer my freshman year of college, meaning I just had less than 10,000 followers. And I worked with a lot of brands. I worked with over 60 companies. I worked with like your Bradley and stuff like that. I was a fashion consultant. I was a fashion blogger. And like I got a ton of free stuff. I got paid on like sponsored posts, but I just didn't feel fulfilled in it. Um, and so I stopped doing that and I said I would never do that again. Um, but I started a marketing agency and I was trying to help businesses grow, especially small businesses that really had great, great products or customer service or just were great businesses looking out for the customers, but nobody knew about them. And really the key was just marketing. And especially during COVID, it was social media marketing and digital marketing. So that's where I got into that last June, June 2020. Um, was when I first started kind of even idealizing my business um, and creating the idea for it. And then, like I said, I went into that corporate job in marketing. Um, but while I was in the corporate job, I was doing a lot of research on social media algorithms and trends and really preparing for my marketing or for my social psychology degree that I wanted to get. Um, so the degree in the PhD was behavioral marketing. Specifically, it's just the social psychology of marketing and the psychology of persuasion, the psychology of bo body language, um, and all of those kind of things wrapped into one. I'm a huge nerd, so I love research. So when I was sitting in my corporate job, uh, 
the trait of an entrepreneur that everybody always talks about is how we like to work quickly. So I was able to get eight hours of work done in like an hour and a half. And I just sat there and I was like, well, I'm not going to do like a lot more work because I'm really only getting paid 20 bucks an hour to be sitting here in this office. And I just did like $500 worth of work. So I was just sitting and I was doing research on the algorithms, one, to help the company I was working for, but two, to help the clients that I had. Um, And so I spent like four or five months researching, analyzing, and just figuring out the TikTok algorithm for my clients. And then when I quit my job, I made these videos in a Walmart parking lot. Literally the day that I quit my job, I um, right after I went and quit, I went over to Walmart just to go grab some lunch. And I sat in the parking lot because at the time I was living at home with my parents and I had a, a golden retriever puppy. I still have him, but he's older now. He's not quite a puppy. He turns a year old soon. So, uh, but he was a puppy. So it was very loud in my house. So the only place that I could even record these videos was in my car. So I sat in the Walmart parking lot. I recorded them. I saved them to my phone and I didn't post them because I was like, ah, do I want to like make a TikTok? Like, I don't want to be an influencer, but I was like, no, I need to learn how to grow for my clients. And I had this goal of, okay, I'm going to use these techniques that I'm theorizing. I hope I'm going to get 5,000 followers by the end of January. That's my goal. And then I put it off for two days and then I posted it. Like I quit on Thursday. I posted it Saturday. And then that second video blew up and got over 1.2 million views in like the first week. So it's like I went from zero followers and maybe like four listeners on my podcast to 140,000 followers on TikTok within a couple days, uh, over like seven, 8,000 listeners on my podcast, uh, which was interesting because that podcast was just created for my friends and not the general public. And then my Instagram went from 23 followers to over 7,000 in just a couple of days. So it was pretty wild. So when did you create your podcast? Like what made you decide, oh, I want to make a podcast? I created it back in like February of last year, right around the start of COVID or so March, right when COVID started. Uh, So I had a really, really fun time with my friends. Uh, pre-COVID, we would go to the beach and we would just have like deep thoughts about the world, like deep philosophical thoughts about like physics and psychology and, you know, theories of whatever. And so we'd sit on the beach and we would just like stare up at the stars and come up with these different theories. And I couldn't do that anymore. And I couldn't really talk through these like random deep thoughts that I had um, as an intellectual with anyone. So I created this podcast for those few friends that I would go to the beach with so that they could hear kind of the thought process. It was just easier than sending them a voice memo or giving them a phone call because then it would record. So then I just downloaded the Anchor app on my phone. I made this podcast and I just sent it to them and I was like, here, listen to these thoughts and they would give me feedback on it. Um, But that was pretty much the full intention of it was just these wild thoughts that came to my head and needing a place to really just write them down um, or I guess speak them out loud. So if that podcast was originally intended for kind of your close friends and was just a bit of an idea journal, if you will, of you recording your thoughts about, you know, philosophical questions or um, whatever, did that, did your new popularity change at all how you did your podcast? How did you kind of react to suddenly having thousands of people listening to your podcast, hundreds of thousands of people watching your TikToks, 
How did that change the content you were putting out? Oh, absolutely. It changed all of it. I actually went through and I even deleted some of the episodes because they were very like intimate to myself as to who I am. And I am not very open, not necessarily open, but I don't like putting my whole life out on social media. Uh, it's interesting because I have a marketing agency. So that's my business is I have a marketing agency. I do social media strategy and marketing strategies for businesses. I am not on social media. Like I am personally not on social media. I'm on it. I post occasionally, but I'm not the, hey guys, like look at me eating my Chipotle today for lunch. I'm not like that. I post maybe once every few months on my Instagram um, even though before, like I said, I was a micro influencer where I posted a lot. Whereas now, um, I have to be super mindful about what I post because I have still this following even months later, even though I don't post a lot. And with those podcasts, to answer your question, and steer away from it with the podcast, again, I had kind of like not even like controversial, but some of it was controversial. And I talked about uh, some of the issues that I had. I was a missionary for a while. And so then some of the issues that I had with religion and some of the things could have been taken out of context if you didn't know me personally. And there were still a lot of things that even if you did know me personally, it still could be a little bit controversial. So it was just my closest friends that were listening to it. And then all of a sudden, people from all over the world were listening. And I was like, oh, shit, I don't want them listening to that um, because I don't want them getting the wrong idea of what I'm necessarily putting out there. So I had to change the podcast to be a lot more, I don't know, like G-rated, PG-rated, I guess. Um, not even that, but just the topics. I feel like there's a lot of topics that just needed to be a little bit more politically correct and not taken the wrong way. Otherwise I'd have the problem with being in the gray area. Cause I'm in the gray area and a lot of things I play devil's advocate for pretty much any sort of cause. And I'll do both sides. But the problem with being in the gray area is that you get enemies from both sides. And I was like, I'm just going to get hit from everywhere. If I keep making these kind of podcasts or even having the ones I had out still out there. You know, you're you're studying um, social social psychology. I've never heard about that until today, and I think it's like really interesting. Um, there's like that documentary on Netflix about um, how much like social media like impacts us. I forgot the name of it, and it was so creepy. It like made me turn off my notifications on my phone because I didn't want like a phone controlling me. You know, could you talk more about um, like? What got you into this social psychology aspect? And then I don't know if you applied it to your own um, like marketing company or like social media accounts. What's your what's your experience been like? And now you want to go to get a PhD in it. Like what does that entail? So this is like a little bit of a longer story um, with the social psychology. So I uh, have always been very smart. So like not to toot my own horn, but like I've always been very, very intelligent. And then I got lazy when I went to college and I was like, it's like an easy major to do uh, that I can still do some kind of like world changing thing. So I chose political science. I actually went to college my senior year of high school full time. And so I had to pick my major when I was like 16. And I was like, oh, like I might run for office one day. Like I need to be a political science major. Newsflash, you do not need to be a political science major to run for office. And most people do not have a political science background to run for office. A lot of them have business backgrounds or law backgrounds. But I just chose political science because I wanted to run for office. 
And then um, I switched out of political science into entrepreneurship. I didn't really like the entrepreneurship program and I almost dropped out of college. And I was like, if I want to be an entrepreneur, I don't need college for this. And I didn't like the way they had the program structured. And I had an existential crisis pretty much because I was too far into any major. So I had to still stick with political science and social entrepreneurship. And I added marketing in there and I really enjoyed marketing. But as I was starting to think about what I wanted to do for grad school, I liked everything. So I liked political science aspects of like working and lobbying and lobbying for causes that are really, really important and creating campaigns for that. And I created a nonprofit when I was in college that needed lobbying. And that's exactly where it kind of tied in with the social entrepreneurship. Um, also, for those not familiar, social entrepreneurship is like nonprofit entrepreneurship or uh, entrepreneurship with some kind of foundation and stuff like that. So that's social entrepreneurship. Um, but that tied in my political science and social entrepreneurship together. But the marketing I was just really good at. Like I just had a knack for marketing. I grew up doing sales. My first trade show was when I was three months old. My entire life was growing up in sales. My parents are entrepreneurs. My parents are both immigrants. They came and pretty much had their American dream. And so I grew up in all of that. But I didn't want to be a political science PhD because that means just doing very, very boring research. And I didn't like that. I was an intern in the Capitol building for the governor when I was in college, and it was horrible work. I hated it. It was like just sitting in an office and I was logging every time the governor got mentioned in the news or media. Uh, but then on the opposite side where I was like, if I get just a business degree, I don't feel as fulfilled. Like I'm just doing a business, but I'm not actually changing the world and helping the world. And so that's when I had my existential crisis where I was like, I've always been really smart. I should have been a neurologist. I should have been a physicist. I should have been a scientist. Like I have the knack for it. I have the skills. Like I should have been an engineer when I was in middle school. I was like constantly building things and winning science fairs and stuff like that. And so I pretty much sat there just thinking like, oh my gosh, like what do I do? I wasted, you know, three years of my life. Like, do I go back to school? I can't go back to school because I got paid to go to school um, through scholarships for being a nerd. Um, and now all of a sudden I was going to pay tens of thousands of dollars per year to go back to school when I just wasted three years. And so that's when I had to take that year off to really decide what I wanted to do. So what I did was I started watching YouTube videos, reading books and reading books was very difficult because I realized I really liked reading books when I was a kid. So that's why I wanted to get back into it. But you get really bad PTSD from reading books and textbooks in college to where you read a book and you fall asleep after reading a page because you're like, this reminds me of my textbook. Um, but I had to train myself how to read. I would go to the library. I, like I said, I'd watch YouTube videos. I'd listen to podcasts. I would watch TikToks even to figure out what I wanted to do. And that's when I really just kind of shifted my focus to, okay, not what somebody else wants me to do, not what my majors tell me my foundation is, but if I could pick anything that just like isn't a job, like if I could just research something for the rest of my life, what would I want to research? And it, I saw this pattern without even wanting it to be a pattern that it was all psychology and it was all bettering your brain and neuroscience. So from there, I started auditing classes. So I lived near a university called Florida Gulf Coast University, and I just went to professors and I asked them and I said, can I sit in on your classes? So I sat in on undergrad classes and grad classes. I sat in on like environmental policy, human neuropsychology, social psychology to really learn the things that you're learning, which also fun fact, college is a scam because you can go and sit in and learn in these classes without ever having to take an exam, without ever having to do homework, 
or get graded for it. And you learn so much better by sitting in on a class and just learning to learn. Um, so through that process, I learned that I loved the brain. And even though I didn't study it for undergrad, and even though I didn't have a psychology background necessarily, um, the brain was something that I was so, so interested in learning about. Um, but I couldn't be a neurologist because I didn't have a biology background. I didn't have a science background. But I was looking at social psychology because that is marketing psychology and it's psychology for sales and nonprofits and how do we persuade people to do something? How do we persuade people to be good? Um, which I think is really, really interesting. But then as I was discerning and I was uh, looking into grad schools, I got in contact with some students. Um, so Harvard has a really great social psychology program. And they had a program where they were bringing in the Kennedy School and the Harvard Business School. So you could do research in both. And I was like, this is the perfect pair for me, because exactly what I was saying, where I wanted a program that I could do policy and I could do nonprofit work, but I could also do marketing and business work and somehow interweave those and have an interdisciplinary program. And Harvard had that. But I started talking with some students through Zoom and a student kind of gave me a push towards behavioral marketing and she said that because I have a business background and I had that marketing undergrad and I had the nonprofits that I created and I just have a business mindset I have a higher chance of getting into a behavioral marketing program which is essentially social psychology it's all social psychologists usually on faculty for those kind of things um, but I have a better chance of getting into a behavioral marketing program learning under social psychologists versus a social psychology degree. So that was that discernment process. Um, and then when I was researching behavioral marketing programs, like Stanford has a great program, Harvard has a great program. There's a few different schools that have, obviously those schools have great programs. Stanford is the best one because they really specialize in that psychology and they have really great um, professors on their, their faculty board. Uh, but they, again, need higher GRE scores. So when I didn't quite get uh, as perfect of GRE scores that I wanted, I ended up not applying and using then that knowledge that I had been learning because since I didn't have that background, I needed to learn that knowledge myself and do that research myself to see whether I even liked it before I committed five years and pretty much got married to a PhD program. So that then translated to my business. So then to answer your second question about how that goes in my business, I focus on neuroscience and psychology within my marketing agency, which sets me apart from a lot of marketing agencies that are pretty cookie cutter. And they're like, let's run some Facebook ads. Let's manage your Instagram. You know, let's make you a website. I really focus in on the psychology and the neuroscience and the body language and every little aspect. Marketing is all psychology and people don't realize that it is all neuroscience and brain science and the way that chemicals react in your brain. I think it's so fascinating because exactly how you were talking about with the social media, um, those are little things that you're getting manipulated and persuaded every single day because there are people that know these techniques and you just don't happen to know them. And it doesn't mean that you're being uh, that you're dumb or that you're stupid and you're falling for these things. It's just that you just don't happen to know them. And there are people that do know them and they know either how to use it for good or they know how to use it for evil. And a lot of times it's done for evil. So, you know, you have like examples of like world leaders like Hitler, for example, I hate bringing that up as an example, but he was able to manipulate people through the power of social psychology. And he just did things that made people follow him and create this cult following that he could pretty much tell them to do whatever they wanted or whatever he wanted. It's the same way that you could do something very good. Like you could persuade people to recycle more or clean up after themselves or 
donate more money or whatever you want to do that's a worthy cause, you can quote unquote manipulate and persuade people in the exact same way, but you're doing it for good instead of evil. So I think those are really, really interesting ways to look into it. And you can do the same thing as a business. Um, you can persuade your customers to come in based on things like, again, body language, the way you say things, tone of voice, smells, colors, uh, visuals. It's all psychology. It's all the way that your brain reacts with it. It's a much longer answer than I wanted, but I told you, I warned you it was going to be a long answer. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, like you said, it, marketing is just our brains reacting to stimuli. And and so, yeah, it it's all neuroscience. It's, as you said, people know techniques, but it it's not really even so techniques as just little hacks, little life hacks that they know to not so much trick us, but just to kind of use what what we're programmed to do to you know to get you to do something um i found your story interesting because you kind of told the story that a lot of people go through where they're struggling with deciding what to do with their life basically and a, a struggle between having a strong influence on the world and and committing actual change while doing something that they genuinely enjoy and hopefully making a good deal of money doing it. Um, and I, I find your story interesting because at the point that you currently are, you seem to be doing or at least attempting to do all of those things. Whereas a lot of people will kind of give in and, and commit to just the financial side of things or commit to just their dreams or commit to just the influence. You are running your business. You are... Um, running your podcast and your TikToks and your Instagram, your social media, um, which in my view, I mean, I don't want to speak for you or your, you know, your motivations, but it seems to me that, you know, your TikTok, your 5am challenge, you know, those things and your podcast are very much you trying to influence the world and trying to have a good impact on people. Um, and then your business is kind of doing what you enjoy and pursuing your entrepreneur entrepreneurial spirit and all those things, you know? Um, and I'm wondering as somebody who is, you know, going through my late teens, trying to decide what I'm going to do with my life, trying to deal with that same balancing act. How do you balance all of these different aspects of your life, um, to create kind of a, a fulfilling life that you enjoy and then kind of as a two-pronged question, you're doing all these things right now. What what do you want to be working on in the future? What do you see yourself working towards? So for balancing um, with like the TikTok and the podcast and my business, I don't balance it very well. Um, if you follow me on either of the platforms on like Instagram or TikTok, you know that I just never post. It's also, uh, I've had very difficult times and like, environments to be able to record in so like I was living at home with my parents and like I mentioned I was with my puppy and like my whole family was at home so it was really hard to get a quiet place to record and then I moved out uh, but I have a weird living situation where I don't have a wall in my room like you can't see into my room but there's a balcony so it's very echoey and my roommate has a dog and so sometimes the dog will bark and then like my roommate can hear me and I just get shy uh, but hopefully I can start recording some things pretty soon because I just got an office space 
and I have a private office now for Kinley Inc. Um, but for like a fulfilling life, like how do I lead a fulfilling life and just like balancing everything? It is still really hard. Like I'm not going to sugarcoat it and be like, everything is easy. I work all the time. Like I quit my job, you know, from nine to six or whatever. And now I work from 8 a.m. until 11 p.m. But the difference is when I'm working, I enjoy it. And, you know, I'm going to a networking event and I'm interacting with people and I'm representing my brand and anything that I do represents me and my company. And I can go and I can talk to really cool people or like I go to this networking event called Cars and Coffee. And it's at this place called Ultimate Garages where like the top people store their cars. So like we go like on Tuesday mornings and there's half a million dollar cars just sitting there and I get to like see them and there's a ton of them. There's like Lambos and Ferraris and these like Mercedes McLaren combos. And I'm like, this is so cool that I just like get to do this on a Tuesday morning and hang out with these people who are way, way, way more successful than I am. But it gives me the ability to surround myself with high value individuals who motivate me and give me like this really, really cool outlook on life um, on like mentorship and stuff like that. And being a young person, you show up to these events and people kind of just want to give you whatever advice they can. And I just take all of it and just absorb it like a sponge because even though I'm not necessarily getting paid per hour anymore, because a lot of the time, you know, you're working, you're not really getting paid. And especially for mine, like unless I get a client, I'm not getting paid. So I have to get more client acquisition in order to have that recurring income so that I can continue going to those events where I'm not being paid and just representing my brand. Um, but it's very easy to get burnt out in that. So like, for example, with the Tori Talks podcast, I got super burnt out and I stopped. And even like with the 5 a.m. challenge, I went viral for waking up at 5 a.m. and I ended up not waking up at 5 a.m. anymore after that because <laughs> I got so burnt out. I would stay up late watching these followers go up and just like mesmerized, not being able to sleep. And it totally threw off my sleep cycle and I still haven't been able to necessarily get it back. Um, but... I've learned to just kind of enjoy every step along the way. And a lot of people want to sometimes build businesses really quickly. And I used to be that way where I just wanted to do everything as fast as I could. So I could get to this place that I wanted to be at as fast as I could. But I learned that if I slow down and I, you know, this is so cheesy, like, you know, stop and smell the roses. But if I just slow down and enjoy the journey, it doesn't feel like working as much. And I feel so much more fulfilled that even though maybe I'm not making as much money as I would in a corporate job or as like a marketing director or anything, I am able to set my own hours. If I want to go hang out with my friends during the day, I can move around my day and just work later on. And that is the most fulfilling to me is having time. Like I will value my time more than I value money sometimes because yes, I need money to live and I can pay my bills now and I can live without debt but that time element of just being able to have the freedom to do what i want travel whenever i want be able to work from wherever i want is huge to me but for goal long term my passion is not necessarily marketing and i mentioned this you know kind of before too where when i thought about doing a phd in just a business degree i hated the idea of it because it wasn't fulfilling and although I'm helping businesses and I'm fulfilled in that, I still know that I want something bigger. I want to still create something that is helping people. So uh, for the year off that I, I wasn't um, in school and I wasn't really doing my company and I wasn't working, I was working at a human trafficking shelter for minor female victims of human trafficking. And I was an overnight caregiver um, and we got paid 
pennies. Like it, it was pretty much a volunteer job with a little bit of side cash that they gave us. But I would stay from Thursday until Sunday and I would stay overnight at the shelter. And that gave me a lot of perspective as to what the foster care system looks like and just like what people go through and what especially young girls go through. And in Florida, human trafficking is by far the worst and especially in the area that I live in, it's very, very bad. And those kind of things just inspired me to have this goal of right now I'm in this place in my life where I need to be selfish and take care of myself and I have to put myself first, but I want to get to a point where, and very soon I'd like to get to this point, but now that I'm able to pay my bills to be able to create a foundation and some kind of nonprofit that's similar to what I did in college. My nonprofit in college failed. Uh, but now that I'm able to be more established and I have uh, a bigger role in the community and I have a bigger influence in the community that I live in, um, and even online, I love to create a foundation to be able to help those kind of girls. And I love helping people. And that, like you said, with going viral on TikTok, that was my intention was to be able to influence people in a positive way. Because we talk about influencers and you know, you're influencing what? Like you're influencing me to buy this bathing suit, which is what I was doing before, which is what I was doing my freshman year of college when I was a fashion influencer was like, let me influence you to buy this dress from this shop. Yeah, it was good for me because I was getting free clothes. But so what? Like what value am I actually bringing to your life? Um, and again, I wasn't planning on going viral. But if I did plan to go viral, I actually had like wrote it down and I manifested or whatever that's called. I manifested that to go viral. And I said, uh, I have 5,000 followers by the end of January so that I could build a community to influence people. Like that was a quote um, that I wrote in there. And I was like, I want to help influence people to change their lives for the better. And then like two days later, I went viral. And I think I did. I get a lot of DMs from people that say that like I inspired them to do things. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. Okay. Um, but now that I don't necessarily wake up at 5 a.m. anymore, I still do. Uh, so the reason that I even share the 5 a.m. wake up isn't because I think you are superior to be waking up at 5 a.m. Uh, it's not. It's more a, a technique to use to get past your limiting beliefs, which is something that I struggled with for a while, especially like jumping in the deep end as an entrepreneur. Your limiting beliefs are what going are what are going to make you fail, and it's not anything else. And I had a friend that really helped me get past those limiting beliefs, and he was the one who was waking up at 5 a.m. all the time. And I was like, okay, I guess if he can do it, he's like super successful. I can try doing it, and I did it. And it was less so, um, yeah, I wake up at 5 a.m. like I'm better than everyone. It was more so this was something that I thought I would never be able to do and I'm doing it and I enjoy it. So what is the next thing that I can do that I can kind of conquer? And so those little techniques are really what are going to change your life. Not waking up at 5am. It doesn't matter if you wake up at 5am or 7am or 6am or noon. Noon's a little harder. Um, but it's the limiting beliefs and changing your mindset. And that's why I created that journal as well um, that I saw on Amazon, really just because that's was what catapulted all of this. That was the catalyst to everything that I do is journaling and it's like manifesting and just kind of putting out all of these things and my goals and setting goals. Um, and so I want to inspire people and change lives with that. And so with the videos, with the journal, with anything that I do, it's really to change lives because otherwise I don't feel fulfilled. I'm not doing it to make money because I've made like no money on TikTok. Uh, Creator Fund doesn't pay as much as you think it does. <laughs> 
you know, you are very inspiring and all those people are right about you. I can just feel like the good vibes from you. And I think that's very um, <laughs> admirable, you know, so um, you've given you've given lots of advice, but I will have to ask you if you could go back like to your college or high school self, what advice would you give yourself? What would you that tell humility. her to keep going? Yeah, I really believe in the virtues. And um, although I have an interesting relationship with religion now, um, I still value the virtues a lot and I like to pursue the virtues. So the virtue of humility is really big for me. And what I that year off, I called my year of humility of being okay with living at home with my parents and having very low level jobs and serving other people, um, serving people that necessarily didn't want to be served. And I didn't feel that fulfillment because kind of the, so the way that, you know, I say like, when I say, oh, I worked at a human trafficking shelter, people would be like, oh, wow, like you worked at a human trafficking shelter. I didn't do it like to get that reaction. In fact, it was actually very, very hard. Uh, you think if you're gonna go work there, you're gonna have these girls come up to you and be like, thank you so much for you know saving me and putting me in this shelter and saving me from my abuser. But a lot of the times it was quite the opposite where these girls were so manipulated by these men that they believed they were their boyfriends and you know they got taken away from their boyfriend and you got yelled at. Like I felt like I was being bullied again in middle school by these girls and it was this dying of self where you have to realize like your pride is not um, what's on the line here and a lot of the time you just kind of have to bite your tongue which is very difficult for me it still is sometimes but uh, learning to be more humble and taking a step back and not being so prideful in a lot of things and also not needing to necessarily be in the spotlight for a lot of things and that's again why I'm like, I don't really post on social media because I don't need that spotlight anymore. Like I once did, I needed the attention. I needed the spotlight. I needed to feel fulfilled based on what somebody else told me. Um, whereas now I don't really need it. So it's an interesting time now to go viral because now I kind of like to work with humility. I like to work behind the scenes. And but there's like a saying like hustle with, um, I forgot what it's called. It's like hustle in the background or something like that. And so what I like to do, I like to be humble about things and not necessarily brag about it. The moment you start bragging is the moment that things kind of start or stop working for you. Well, Tori, I think our time is starting to run out a little bit. Your story has been really inspiring. I love it. I love that you were able to tie into that humility at the end. I think it's really interesting that, you know, you said that you wanted the spotlight before you sought after the spotlight, and now you kind of have the spotlight, and yet, you know, by your own admission, you say you don't post a ton on TikTok and you're, you know, I, I, I think it's really incredible and it shows a lot of personal growth that you now have this spotlight, but also have the self-control to put the work where it needs to be. Um, whether that's for you more in your business than into your TikTok. Um, I think that that's really inspiring. And it's that bit of personal growth that I think everybody needs to, to come around to. I think that we can, you know, always be improving ourselves, always be looking out for our own weaknesses and making them stronger. And that's just such an incredible example of that. Um, so I wanted to thank you so much for coming and speaking with us today. It's been really great to hear your story. Um, 
and to, and to to the listeners out there, be sure to go check out her podcast, Tori Talks. And what what's your TikTok handle? I actually don't know. It's at Tori Talks Podcast. Okay, great. Easy to remember. Yeah. Um, <laughs> same with Instagram. And, Both handles are the same. <laughs> and even if she may not post a lot, it's all great. So be there for when it's there, you know? Um, also be sure to go check out wavelearningfestival.com um, or .org um, to go see all of the the courses that are up there right now. Right now we're signing people up for our summer camp that's coming up in, in a couple weeks. So be sure to go sign up for that. It's going to be really, really fun. Um, and Tori, thank you again so much. Thank you for having me. This is awesome. Yeah. And, and with that, we'll see you guys all next week.